Open your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter 23. I feel like that we could spend the whole hour just catching up on what I've done and what's going on with the church and all of those things, but the reason that we come together at this time is to study God's Word. And our series is Christianity 101, and it is basically, remember what our premise is, people often say that all religions are fundamentally the same. And our answer to that is yes, they are fundamentally the same, except for what they teach about sin, salvation, heaven, hell, the nature of God, the nature of man, the nature and members of the church. Other than that, all religions are completely the same. And so that was our primary outline. But beyond that, uh, we, the purpose of Christianity 101, in my mind, is this. So as Grace Baptist Church grows and we continue to get new families, and of course that is the plan, amen? <laughs> that is the plan. To keep the old ones and get new ones, that's the plan. Some of you, it'd probably be better if you left. But the rest, <laughs> no, the rest, we, we want to keep the old ones and gain new ones and continue to grow in the Lord. But the Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Amen? And so what do we believe? Why do we function the way that we do? That's all a part of Christianity 101. So um, over the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about what do different Christian churches teach and how are they different than Grace Baptist Church. And so I think that's going to be a real help and that will be happening over the next few weeks. We'll be looking at that and some other things that I think will really help us to come together in one mind and know who we are as a church. But sometimes the preaching is for me. I think, okay, here's what I'm going through. Maybe somebody else is going through the same thing. Now, you need to thank the Lord that your mind doesn't work the way that my mind works. Amen. But sometimes I think that we... Um, what I'm looking at today, I think it'll be a help to us. Look with me at Proverbs Chapter 23, let's start reading in verse 1. When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee. Put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful meat. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings, then fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Have you ever come into some money and you thought this is the greatest thing ever? When you were a kid, you might have found five bucks on the ground. And then you spent the next two weeks looking down. How many of that happened to you? That happened to me. Found some money and then there's got to be more money where this was and there wasn't any more money where that was. I got, I remember one time, you know, I, I blew out my knee on a ski trip. And so I had to have a knee reconstruction. And we got, um, I think we got a check for $4,000 because it was a permanent disability. Okay? And if you've ever seen me jump, you know it is a permanent disability. And, man, I don't know that I'd had that kind of money in my hand before. Can I tell you something? Somehow it flew away. It flew away. How many of you, you ever got some money? It might have been a Christmas present or maybe you know, someone left you something or whatever. And you thought, I've made it. 
and it flew away. You have a job. You get this new job and you find out what your pay is for that job. I remember, I remember thinking, if I could make $10 an hour, I'd be set. Now, who's going to be honest enough to, know, to, to admit that you're old enough to have had that same dream? And if, if I can make $10 an hour, I'm going to be rich. Now, I'm glad that I make more than $10 an hour. Why? Because that money, it just, it just flies away. And yet, we have a culture that is based on desiring to be soon rich. The lottery. All of this thing, I want to be rich, I want to have all of this money. But let's look at what the text says. Verse 5 again. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings, they fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. Now, dainty meats, I think that's what Richard Simmons would eat. I'm not sure, but then what that sounds like, dainty meats. But it's okay to laugh at that. I know it's politically incorrect, but it's funny. Um, What this is talking about is you young people, you find out that Katy Perry has this amazing house and you want what she has, but you, you shouldn't want to do what she has done to get the money. That's, that's the idea. You know, some actor that lives this debauched life and has given their souls to that industry and they have nice stuff. What this is saying is, man, don't want that. Don't want that. So let's, let's read on. Verse 6 again. Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. And look at what the Bible says in verse 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. And there's a portion of that passage that I think we all have heard before. How many of you have heard the beginning of verse 7? For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. How many of you have heard that before? So I want you to think about this with me for a minute. And the, the message today is, as he thinketh, so is he. As he thinketh, so is he. Who are you today? If we were going to dis- describe you, I think of the seven dwarfs, happy and grumpy and, you know, what are they, I don't know, sneezy and smelly. I don't, I don't remember who they all were. But imagine if we were going to put together a group and we could know what you were thinking, would your name be anxious? Angry? How many of you know an angry elf? You know what I'm talking about? You know, somebody that's angry. Fearful. Contentious. How about this one? Dissatisfied. Resentful. Bitter. It's interesting. The Bible says, as look at verse 7 again, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so if you looked back at yourself, and this is what happened to me. You know, we've got a lot going on in our lives. Between the church building and all the things going on with the church building, Jacob going off to school. So now we have kids on different coasts, Lydia at West Coast in California and Jacob down at Pensacola. Getting all those things in order. And then in the middle of that, we bought a house. 
And so now we've got a couple of weeks. Now we just closed on the house Wednesday. And so now here we all have a couple of weeks to get the stuff ready so that we can move in. In the meantime, I've got meetings in Toledo and then Georgia and Connecticut and Minnesota and Oklahoma City, and I think I'm missing some in there. And then we have a 200-page book that we put out every quarter, and one is due now, and it's not ready yet. And then there's a church with about 500 people that attend. And I start thinking about everything that has to be done. And then I start thinking about things I don't like or things that aren't going the way that I think they ought to go. And I, I, I've just got all of these thoughts going on in my head. And I, I, I'm tired, but I can't go to sleep. Have you ever been there? Because you close your eyes and it's like a movie on fast forward. And it's just going like this or ten movies at the same time going all over the place. And just... <laughs> And I was praying. And here's the thought that came to my mind. Look up. Look up. Because for me, it's so interesting. I think some of you heard me say that my blood pressure is high right now. Now, some of it is because of you. No, I mean, <laughs> some of it is just genetics, you know. Dad had high blood pressure, and some of it's just genetics. Um, so I got my height and my blood pressure from my dad. Thanks, Dad. But um, some of it is genetics. Some of it's diet, obviously. I need to lose some weight. I need to eat less salt and all of those kinds of things. And that really stinks. But... <laughs> um, some of it is I'm not thinking right. So here I am as the preacher going to the doctor and the nurse knows who I am and the nurse is not born again and she's talking to me about how to think so that the cares of the world don't control your life. And I was ashamed because I know that I'm not supposed to be stressed. I know that I'm supposed to think properly. I know all those things. But I had a whole lot of excuses. You know, it's the attack of the comma butt. I know the Bible says to be careful for nothing, comma, but you don't know how hard my life is. And the simple fact is, all of us, and the older that you get, and the more responsibilities that you take on in your life, and the more things that God brings into your life, the more opportunity there is for stress and anxiety and bitterness and anger and resentment and all of these things that we were just talking about. And yet, and yet, the Bible tells us very clearly that as Christians we're not supposed to behave that way. And I was thinking, if I have this problem, maybe somebody else does, and it would be good for us to take a few minutes and think about our thinking. and Think about where our mind is. So I want us to look at this. So first of all, who are you today? Are you angry? Are you bitter? Are you anxious? Where is your mind? And it's so interesting. I can always tell. See, when I stand up here and preach... 
I, I can tell when you're listening and when you're not, when you're focused, when you're paying attention, when you're not. Generally, when somebody is doing this, they're not listening. But otherwise, you can just see people. Their mind is, is, is far away. Now, there can be many reasons for that. It could be the preacher's boring, and that can happen. It could be that you've got something really serious going on in your, on in your life, and it's hard to get your mind off of it. Right? It could be that you're not right with God and you don't want to hear the truth. It, it could be that you're just tired and it's hard to focus on what's going on. But if you'll give me your mind for this little bit, for these next few minutes, I think I'm going to give you some things that will help you in your everyday life to represent Christ better in the world. Because we really are supposed to respond to difficulty differently than lost people. We really are supposed to be different than that. And so this message is for me. If you want to come along with me in this, I hope it will be a blessing for you. Why don't we pray? Lord, help us to have your mind today. Help us to see what you want us to think about and how you want us to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. So my first point is, as he thinketh, so is he. And so I would ask you, who are you today? Are you content? Are you worshipful? Are you thankful? Are you happy? Or are you in that other list? Now, here's the question. Here's the question. How many of you have ever wanted to think differently than you are? Right? I, I don't want to think about that anymore. I'm driving my own self crazy. I don't want to think about that. Who do you want to be? Look at Proverbs chapter 25. And look at verse 28. Who do you want to be? The Bible says here, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. So what's the point of that? A city that's broken down without walls, that means that that city can be easily attacked. That city can be easily spoiled. What does it mean to be spoiled? It means that someone, uh, an enemy is going to come in and take what you have. And you know that, that the enemy, Satan, this world system, they don't want us to have peace. They don't, this world doesn't want us to have joy and satisfaction in Jesus Christ. Is that fair? And so if I don't have rule, if, if I am not in charge, if I don't have command over my own spirit, then I am open to the destruction of the enemy. Is that what the Bible says? And so I, I don't want that to happen. I don't want to have a bad attitude. I don't want my spirit to be destroyed. I don't want to ruin my testimony by interacting with people in an unbiblical way. I don't want that to happen. So here's the answer. I'm not an animal. I have control over what I think about. Amen? I have control over my own thought process as a human being. So, you know, as a sentient, self-aware human being, that means I can know what I'm thinking about. Have you ever been surprised you were thinking about something? Right? Have you ever been in a conversation with your wife and she says, are you listening to me? And you realize, no, <laughs> I'm not. But you always say, yes, yes, I heard everything that you said. Uh, would you mind repeating it? <laughs> And that happens. Our minds wander and we, you know, then we got to make ourselves focus back on what we're supposed to be doing. And for some of us, that focus is difficult. 
But all of us are in control of what we think about. Is that fair? Now, those who are not in control of what they're thinking about, we put those people in institutions. Why? Because it's not safe for them or others to be around them if they can't control what they're thinking about. So how many of you can control what you're thinking about? Would you raise your hand? Okay, look around. If someone didn't raise their hand, we need to lock them up. (laughs) We're in control of what we think about. And yet, we become anxious, angry, bitter, resentful, dissatisfied. We can feel entitled. Isn't that right? Uh, On vacation, I I didn't watch the news. Uh, Because I don't know about you guys, I get so frustrated. One of the biggest things I get frustrated with is the way the president is covered. It's so unfair the way all of that stuff goes. The Charlottesville thing, you have 200 kooks, right? We'll have 200 kooks here today. (laughs) There's no reporters outside here. We don't represent the United States of America. How many of you recognize that? Those 200 idiots in Charlottesville don't represent the United States of America. And yet the, the reporters act as if they represent us. Anybody who would have voted for the president... That, that we are supposedly white supremacists. and oh, How many of you are getting a little angry right now? Seriously, it, it's getting to you. See, here's our problem. And again, I'm preaching to myself. Why would I think very much about that? They're just liars trying to undermine what the president's doing and trying to diminish our, those of us who would be conservatives, trying to diminish our influence in the country. That's what they're doing. Why would I let them have any rule over my spirit. Do you see how we just brought this home to where we are right now? Because we allow these people to influence our emotion, our interaction, we give them control in our lives. And all of us, it doesn't matter what field we're in, it doesn't matter what job you have, it doesn't matter what school you go to, there are going to be people that are trying to change the way that you think, the way that you behave, and influence your spirit, you are to have rule over your own spirit. And I'm supposed to have rule over my own spirit. How do I do that? See, what kind of person do I want to be? I want to be happy. I want to be content. I want to be successful. I want to be influential in a good way for the Lord. These are things that I want. That has to happen on purpose, folks. Now, how many of you know people, they're just happy? They're just, they're just happy. Some, some of them, they're just happy. How many of you, those people drive you crazy? That's because you're not happy and you're negative like me. You know, there are times when I don't want somebody giggling next to me. I'm in a bad mood. Stop giggling. Now listen, those people that are naturally happy, what a blessing from God that is. It's just a wonderful thing. How many of you would say that's not you? Would you raise your hand? That's interesting. So the rest of us, if I want to be happy, and honestly, I think I am naturally happy. Um, It doesn't always come out that way. I'm I'm, I'm happy when I'm making you miserable. Um, But so, so if, I, if I want to be happy, 
Well, that's a choice. But, you know, happiness in itself, it's kind of empty, isn't it? I like what somebody said one time, happiness is based on happenings. That's completely different than peace and joy. So if I want to be joyful, if I want to have peace, I have to step back and say, God's in control. There's a bunch of this stuff I can't fix. How many of you can fix the way the media covers the president? Have you fixed that? No, can't fix it. Stop worrying about it then. You see? So what we have to do is we have to realize, who do I want to be? Who do I want to be? He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that's broken down without walls. I don't want to be that. That means I've got to get in control of my own thought process. You ever have somebody that just brings you down? Right? They just You're just with them. And you just you always feel worse about yourself after being with them. Maybe don't be with that person. If you're married to them, let's get some counseling, okay? But it, you don't need to be with people that are just constantly negative all the time because does that help your spirit or hurt your spirit? It hurts your spirit. So let's, let's move on. So first of all, as he thinketh, so is he. Who do I want to be? But then even a better question is who does God want you to be? Who does God want you to be? So how are we going to accomplish that? We're going to accomplish it by looking up. If I don't look to God, how do I find out who He wants me to be? Is that fair? So I need to look up. Look with me at Psalm 5, the fifth psalm. Look at verse 1. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Now, how many of you want God to hear you when you pray? Right? That's what David is saying. Hearken, verse 2, hearken unto the voice of my cry. Then look at what he says. My King and my God, for unto thee will I pray. So the first step in us becoming the person that we want to be and aligning that with who God wants us to be, is He needs to be my King and my God. That means He has the rule of my life. If you resent God's authority in your life, how can He help you? You parents, how many times have you been trying to do something good for your kids and they resent that? You know what? You don't need to go to that person's house. You know, that Noah, you need to stay away. Don't go to Noah's house. When, when your parents are telling you, you know what, I don't trust that kid. You need to not be around that kid. How many of you have been in a situation like that and there was resentment in it somewhere? Right? Your parents only have the best in, in, intention for you, and yet it can be received well. You know, the problem is you've not submitted to their authority. You don't trust them. You don't trust their love for you and their wisdom. Our problem with God is we don't trust His authority. We don't trust His wisdom. And so look at what it says. Hearken unto my, the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. Look at verse 3. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. On purpose. I'm going to start my day looking up. Lord, I trust you. You're my king. Help me not to be so focused on this world. And be more focused on you. And that will change how you interact in the world. What's the Bible say? 
But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You start by seeking the Lord. Look up, look up. Look at verse 4. For thou art a God that hath... For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all the workers of iniquity. Verse 6. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. That's lies and, and falsehood. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. I want you to notice a couple of things. First of all, every person at every level of spiritual growth needs to be reminded of this right here. David looks up, look at, because of his enemies, not in the absence of his enemies. Lord, if you would make my life better, I'll worship you. Man, He's got to take you out of the world then. Because the simple fact is, when we want to do right, and we want to live righteously, and we want to think right, and think righteously in this world, the world will hate it. And it will become trouble for us. So what we need to do is we need to look up before that comes. We need to look up and focus on the Lord. So what are we supposed to think about then? So I'm going to look up. What has God told me to do? I think some of you may have heard this before, but let's go and look at it. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4. Let's start reading in verse 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and my crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Okay, Philippians 4, now we're in verse 2. I beseech Yodius and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. So even in Philippi, there are a couple of ladies, they're sideways with each other. He's telling them, have the same mind in the Lord. Verse 3, And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, so he's speaking to the pastor there, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. And here's the answer. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. How many of you admit that you're in control of what you're thinking about? You're in control of it. Here the Bible is, it's a command. Rejoice. So command, or so command your mind, control your mind to rejoice, to be happy today, to be thankful. How many of you are thankful for a warm shower? Amen. Yeah? If you go long enough without a hot shower, you'll become very thankful for one. Are you thankful for that? Are you thankful for those little things? I don't think there's anyone here that, is, that will lack food today. And if you do lack food, come to us. We'll help you. I'm serious. We'll help the brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, if you don't have any food, we'll feed you. Amen? But I, I doubt there's much of that here in this room. We'll have to be thankful for that. When you pray for your meal today, really pray for the meal. Really be thankful to God that you have good food to eat. Because there are many people today who don't. How many of you are glad you're not in Houston right now? You know, we prayed for um, those in Nepal. Brother Clayton had us pray for those this morning. Our brothers and sisters in Nepal, all the churches that he knew of were destroyed through a flood this past, in this past month. We, we don't have that, do we? 
Let's rejoice. Let's be thankful for what we have in the Lord. So then let's go on. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Your moderation. What is that? Man, I'm not too high and I'm not too low. That, that's why. Because God is right here with me. Is there anyone here? And I'm not being facetious. How many of you here actually believe in an almighty God? Right? You know that He's at hand. He's here with us. He's here with us right now. So then I shouldn't be too high and I shouldn't be too low. God, you're with me. You're going to help me through this. I have your strength. I have your power. I have your might. Verse 6, be careful, full of care. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. Man, those next two words, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Lord, thank you that we've got a church that needs a new auditorium. Lord, thank you that the banks are working with us. Thank you that we live in a community that's not going to be against us building a building. Do you know how many churches can't build buildings in their cities because the city doesn't want any more churches? We don't live in a city like that. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that Laura didn't want to buy a more expensive house. <laughs> um, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto who? Wow. Do you realize that we can go to God? Do you know many people for centuries didn't know they could go to God in prayer? They thought they had to go to somebody else. Aren't you glad you know that if you're born again, the Bible says that you're a priest and a king and that you have access to the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. You can make your request known to God. And look at the result of it. Verse 7, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, how many of you are already thinking of verse 8? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just. So let's stop right there, the just thing. Is it just the way the president is treated by the media? Is that just? Stop thinking about it then. Isn't that interesting? Look, whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. It's hard to be thinking of lovely things and I hate that guy. I committed murder like 500 times driving in my mind. That guy in front of me going real slow, I want him to die. Now, how many of you think that might be an overreaction? Right? You'd get in control of my thinking. You think I'm exaggerating. All right, now... Whatsoever is, I know, I'm not. Nothing is profound. Has this been in the Bible for a little while? Look, what? And remember, this is for me. Some, you're just coming along with the sermon that I needed. All right. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise. Think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Wow. So not only am I supposed to hear this stuff, I'm supposed to do it. Okay, so let's step back. How many of you are in control of what you think? You're in control of what you think. All right, now you don't have to raise your hand on this. How many of you have been angry or resentful or bitter or anxious? 
whatever word, dissatisfied, empty, whatever it is. Remember, we're not animals. We can control what we think about, and yet we've established grooves and patterns in our lives. Some of you are old enough to remember records. And remember, you put the needle on the record, and the, the needle would just keep working until it made its way to that paper thing in the middle, the label. And go, How many of you woke up one time to that? You know what I'm talking about? Here's the problem. You ever had a record that was scratched? And what does it do? It keeps repeating the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. Do you know your problem in your life? You've got a scratch in your thinking. And you keep repeating that same thought over and over and over again. Have you ever had a recurring dream? I used to have a recurring nightmare. We, had a, we lived in West Hartford, Connecticut. And along our house at the back was a stream. And there was a piece of carpet, you know, a small scrap of carpet that had come down the stream, and I saw it there. Well, that night I had a dream that I went out and I picked up that piece of carpet. And the little Warner Brothers frog, Hello, my baby, hello, my lady, (laughs) jumped out of that. (laughs) I had that dream for years. Over and over and over and over again. (laughs) Do you know a lot of us, our lives are that way in every situation. I can't believe she did that to me. I can't believe she did that to me. I can't believe he said that. I can't believe I lost that job. I can't believe that God would allow this to happen in my life. And it seems like the times when you're happy, All of a sudden, you revert back, and it's like that needle is stuck on that point over and over and over again. You need to pray that the Lord will help you to get in control of your thinking and establish new grooves in your life. Not the emperor's new groove. That's a movie. That's different. (laughs) Establishing new grooves in your life so that you can be happy again. You can have the peace of God again. You can have joy in your life again. But here's the problem. All of that sounds good. And it all is true. I don't know about the hello your baby thing. But it's all, all of this it's true and all of this happens, right? Go with me to um, Psalm 40. This is interesting. You might be here. Fortieth Psalm. Look at verse nine. <clears throat> I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips. O Lord, Thou knowest. So here's what David's saying. I've, I've done. I've, I've been telling the truth. I've been speaking the truth. I have not hid Thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Now look at what it says. Withhold not thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have compassed me about. 
Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine head. Therefore, my heart faileth me. Do you know you can get to the place in your life when you are in such despair about your own behavior or about the circumstances in your life that you know, I'm telling you today to look up. I'm telling you today that with all the cares in your life, you need to look up. And I think we all know that that's true. But you can get to such a place in your life where you can't look up. You want to trust in the Lord. You want to ask Him for your help, for His help. You want to rely on His faithfulness. You want to change the way that you're thinking. But you're in such a place that you say, Lord, I can't. I'm trying, but I can't. Look at what the Bible says. Verse 13. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backward and put to shame that wish me evil. Let them be desolate for a reward of their shame that say unto me, Aha, aha. Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, Look, the Lord be magnified, but I am poor and needy. Here's your answer right here. Look, the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, oh my God. Here's the thing that's wonderful. When you're in that trouble and you feel like you can't look up, here's the good news. The Lord's thinking about you. How about that? The great God of the universe, the creator of the world, the one that made the heaven and the earth and the stars and the, every animal, the one that has created everything around you, the one that controls your destiny, He's thinking about you. He's thinking about you. So in those times when you can't get your thinking right, here's the one thing you need to remember. He's thinking about you. You know that God knows right where you are? God knows whatever trouble you're in. He's there. He sees you. The Lord thinketh on me. So what should I do before I'm surrounded by these enemies? What should I do before I get to this place of despair where I can't look up? Go to Colossians chapter 3. Those of you in my Sunday school class, which is the best class, you'll recognize this. Colossians chapter 3. Look at verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ. Do you see that? What's the first word in that sentence? If. Okay? Let me look at it again. Colossians 3 verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ. What's that first word? How many of you think that's an important if? You need to make sure you're risen with Christ. What does that mean? You need to make sure that you're born again. Are you saved? Have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal life? Do you know that He's under no obligation to pull you out of your trouble if you're not His? You want Him to hear you, don't you? He won't hear you if you're not saved. So it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Now, in order to seek those things which are above, what do you need to do? Look up. Look up. Stop focusing on everything on this earth and look up. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Again, how many of you are in control of your thinking? 
You're in control of it. Then set your affection on things above. Give priority. Give your love to the things of God. Why? Verse 3, because you're dead. For you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. You've died to this world. You've died to self. You've died to everything that this world has. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy the things that God gives you in this world. What it means is that Jesus Christ is your all in all. That you've given Him the priority in your life. And that the rest of this stuff is so small and He is so great. Seek those things which are above. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. How do I do that? Number one, I need to remember that I'm dead. I need to remember that I'm dead. My life's not my own. My life belongs to God. I'm dead, but I've been resurrected in Christ. Remember that I'm dead. Then look at what it says, verse 4. When Christ, who is our what? Life shall appear. Then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. So I need to remember that I'm dead, and I need to look for His return. You know Jesus Christ could return today? Amen. He could return today. What does that mean? That means that everything here, it's going to go away. You know, we keep hearing about global warming. I believe in global warming. It's just all the way at the end. The elements are going to melt with a fervent heat. Amen. <laughs> right? We need to look for His return. He is coming back. Then what are we supposed to do? Just look up. Young people, when life gets hard at school and you feel like you're alone, just look up. Look up. Wives, when it feels like your husband doesn't care, look up. Husbands, when you feel like you can't do anything right, look up. Life, all of you, when life gets hard, look up. We get so focused on what we're doing. You know, I like to play golf. And you'll get on a hole that has a bunch of water over here on the right. And you line up. You know that water's over there. And your target is over here. And you look at the water. And you look at the water. And you look at the water. And here's what you're thinking. Don't hit it in the water. Don't hit it in the water. Don't hit it in the water. Where do you hit it? In the water. Why? Because your whole mind, your body, everything is focused on that water over there. If you're focused on the target, you'll probably still hit it in the water, but at least you'll be thinking right. <laughs> it's so important. It's so important that we realize that we're in control. We're in control of our thinking. And what are we supposed to do with that thinking? We're supposed to lose control of it to the Lord. We're supposed to yield to His desire. We're supposed to yield to His command. We're supposed to yield to what He has for our lives. Then, do you know what the result of that is? Peace and joy and contentment and fulfillment. All of those things that we want that we can never have in this world. We can only have it in Him. Amen? Amen. Look up. Let's all stand together. Lord, thank You so much for Your Word.